Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sports Council. I'm Matthew. I'm Sai. And uh, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, I think it's been like three, four months since we've last talked. So been a solid semester. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time. But we're back here, and we're ready to discuss Week 15 in the NFL. Wow, there's been a lot of crazy things going on, but let's stick to our hometown in the Bay Area. Let's talk about our Niners here for a second. They've had a huge win against the Seattle Seahawks. So um, they won 26-23 to in overtime on a Robbie Gould field goal. And overall, the team looked pretty solid, didn't you think? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely solid. It was nice to see them finally break the 10 losing streak to Seahawks. But um, yeah, I mean, that was probably the most cohesive like look the 49ers had all season long. Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't just the fact that like the offense was doing well. The, we've seen Kyle Shanahan's offense do pretty well against the Packers, against the Giants. They just haven't been able to get the job done because of defense, really, because mm-hmm. we've seen those game-winning drives over and over again. And apparently Seattle, either they couldn't get it together um, or they just were stopped by, you know, mainly DeForest Buckner and some of the bigger stars in the Niners' secondary, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, the... Um... A lot of the uh, Seahawks fans would probably uh, cite the refs as being the main reason for them losing. But <laughs> what I saw was um, I saw a really big step up by our defense, mainly led by DeForest Buckner. Um, Solomon Thomas made a couple of critical plays yeah, in the last crazy, drive. Yeah. Um, Akella Witherspoon got injured, but his replacement, um, I forgot his name, something more. But he was uh, he turned out to be like okay, you know, near the second half of the game. And I think it's just these little efforts here and there that really made the difference overall. Do you think that there's going to be some kind of... Do you think there's a market improvement from the defense going forward? Or do you think this is just a one-time performance right now? I think this is definitely going to be a big stepping point for the defense in the future. Because um, Robert Sala, I I think uh, he's definitely been kind of like under scrutiny lately for yeah. his running of the defense. And um, I think this game was a, a good case for him to stay for next year and kind of keep working with the defense. Um, yeah, I have no major complaints with the defense other than really, I'd say the safety position has been a little bit shaky. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anton Exum has been showing up in the last game. So, frankly, I don't have really much to complain about other than the fact that we just have to um, just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to kind of find any complaints after a win like that. Um, but there is one major issue, I think, or concern regarding a win in... Let's say the Niners are 4-10 and 10 right now, and now they hold the fourth overall pick in the draft. Now that's good, in a sense, but you have to realize that just before yesterday, they were actually in the first overall pick zone, where they held the tiebreaker over the Cardinals and the Raiders for the first overall spot. But now with the win, they fall all the way back to number four because they lost the tiebreaker to the New York Jets, who now hold the third position. Oakland and Arizona also lost, so they're still in their same positions, but... You know, going from the first overall pick to the fourth overall pick, just because of a win in, let's say, a meaningless season, do you have a little bit of concerns about that for, like, the long-term future of the Niners? Uh, yes and no. So, I mean, obviously the the quick answer is yes. Of course, I want to get, like, Nick Bosa next year, like everyone else wanted to, because we desperately need that edge rusher. Yeah, absolutely. It's a critical part of the team that we've been missing. But at the same time, like... The team morale has to be there too for us to win, right? I mean, uh, I believe um, Ben, what was his name? Ben York? Ben? Uh, Jed York? Jed York's brother passed away recently. Oh, yes, yes. And so Jed York was uh, making a speech in the locker room. He was saying that, 
uh, champions need to behave like champions before they're champions. I remember that. That's a yeah. Bill Walsh quote, and I remember that because uh, I thought it was really true. Because I mean, for us to be champions, you know, we can't just you know keep losing, you know, every single game and keep getting draft picks, and you know, it's just not a really fun process for anyone, even like especially the team members, right? I mean, week after week, if you're losing, so I mean, that is just a that's like a long winded way of just saying that we're not going to get Nick Bosa, basically. <laughs> But at the same time, a uh, higher draft pick doesn't necessarily translate into getting a worse player. I mean, um, I think the number five draft pick projected, he was also an edge rusher. I forgot what his name was. Josh Allen out of Kentucky. I Josh believe. Allen yeah. out of Kentucky. He's the one. So who knows? Maybe he might be the guy for us. But I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I have been a huge proponent of Team Tank myself. Ever since Jim Harbaugh left, I feel like our team has been going on a downward spiral and it's been showing. And I've always been advocating for the tank because I've always believed that it would get us better talent, better players. And uh, that's what you kind of want to see out of a, like, a bad season. You want to kind of get some kind of hope, get that franchise player to turn your team around. And, you know, I've seen the Niners time and time again. While they've always been on that downward trajectory, they just can't get that number one overall pick and it's a little bit disappointing I guess I obviously is a proponent for the tank but you know you do want to see that kind of winning culture in the team and you kind of want to see it from a franchise coach like Shanahan is I guess division rival too that's another yeah absolutely and it's a playoff team Seattle is most likely going to be a playoff team next season this season and you kind of just well it's good to see the kind of playoff hopes get a little bit crushed but um, it's good to have a good win against a good team. And basically, even though, again, like you said, Nick Bosa, he is a phenomenal talent. Edge rush, edge rusher, he is absolutely great. But it doesn't guarantee success. You know, let's look back, I believe, at the 2015 draft. You have Jadavian Clowney going number one overall. Do you know who went number five overall? Khalil Mack the potential defensive player of the year right now and he is the number one stud in that Bears defense and he's going to probably take him to the playoffs and basically it doesn't matter where you are in the draft as long as you draft well while number one may give you a better chance at selecting a better player overall you still have to find the talent yourself you still have to make that selection and as long as John Lynch is able to do that I have faith that this team will move forward and grow from it yeah, and honestly, I mean, comparing this year's draft picks to, like, I mean, yeah, this season's draft picks from, like, last season, I'd say we were a lot more successful this season. Um, we, we picked uh, Dante Pettis this yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. We picked Fred Warner this year. Yeah. Uh, we picked Michael Glinchy, who's arguably one of the best rookie um, tackles, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. Draft picks doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, the quality of the draft, but we'll have to see whether... Uh, uh, whether um, God, what's, <laughs> what's our GM's name, man? Uh, John Lynch. John Lynch, yeah. I can't believe I forgot that. You'll see if John Lynch can pull through this time, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, let's talk about the Niners' other rivals from the other side of California, the LA Rams. They had a big Sunday night football loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe they lost by one touchdown, but it looked like a bit, much bigger deficit um, in the middle of the third quarter. They were down by 17, actually. Mm -hmm. And this was the second straight Sunday night football loss, actually, they had. Just last week, they lost to the Chicago Bears big time. Um, Thoughts on the Rams? Are you concerned at all about their kind of, like, team moving forward? They've just lost two straight. They haven't really lost all year. 
Well, I mean, I'm I'm concerned about the Rams just because I have Jared Goff as my fantasy quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I mean, looking at his stats last night, he threw 339 yards, threw two picks. I mean, yeah, I mean, every team has like their ups and downs, right? Yeah. The only reason I'd be concerned about the Rams is uh, if this continues to be a, a, a kind of turning point for the team. You know, I mean, yeah. most of their players they're still pretty young. They have a young head coach. So I think going forward, this is going to be kind of like a real test for them to see if they can kind of come out of this and, you know, just get like a passing cloud, get over it, or whether it's going to set a precedent for future games because, I mean, the league's looking pretty strong right now. Yeah, absolutely. You've got, like, the Saints, you've got the Chiefs, you've got the Texans even. They're even surging. The Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers are really Baltimore good right Ravens. now. Ravens. Yeah, and the Bears, who are still right behind them now. And basically, I would be concerned mainly because it felt like the Eagles and the Bears, even before them, they set a precedent. I'd be concerned because they might have figured out the Rams. And just maybe I'm going to get proven wrong in about a week or maybe three weeks or maybe even the Super Bowl when they're holding the trophy. But hear me out. I have a feeling we have kind of seen a way for defenses to kind of strategize against the Rams. Just look at it. So you take away Todd Gurley, this phenomenal franchise, potentially MVP-like running back, also on your fantasy team, by the way, and basically you force Jared Goff to throw. This third-year quarterback um, who's operating in a very systematic kind of offense under Sean McVay, if you force him to throw and you don't force him to throw deep, because we saw the Eagles, they played a lot of zone coverage. They didn't let them... Jared Goff throw deep. They didn't let Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks or anyone else go behind them in the coverage. And basically, they forced Todd Gurley to get stuck behind the line of scrimmage, and they forced Jared Goff to throw. And what did we see out of that? Two interceptions today, this week. We saw a couple of interceptions last week against the Bears. You have that tenacious defense. If you're able to stop Todd Gurley and force Jared Goff to throw, we don't know what's going to happen. It's a lot more of a wild card. For the Rams, and I'd be concerned if I was Sean McVay because you're gonna have to expect your young quarterback to make those kinds of plays. He has to be the kind of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees kind of postseason, and basically you need to have a well-functioning, fully balanced offense in order to succeed in the playoffs. And if defenses can already scheme against you, and it's already proven to be successful. I'd be very concerned if I was Sean McVay going forward, as long as that continues to work. And we don't, we're in, we don't see that the Rams' defense isn't as strong as they used to be. We saw that they picked up Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters. They picked up Nod McCong Sue. Those are crazy names right there. Dante Fowler uh, in the trade deadline. And they have Aaron Donald, like a defensive player of the year. So they have a lot of pieces, but we don't see them actually meshing well. We saw Alshon Jeffrey got a lot of jump balls last night. Against the uh, against the Rams, um, and Nick Foles, Nick Foles somehow the Super Bowl MVP returns again to destroy a playoff team's hopes, and he was able to sling it all over the place against them. So I would be actually really concerned if I were the Rams. If you face that kind of defense, you can take away your uh, your running game, and then a D and an offense you can throw deep against your secondary. So I'd be very concerned if I was the Rams, but. As you say, like, you know, let's talk about a different subject now. Let's talk about the Colts and the Cowboys. That's another major area of concern. We saw a lot of concerning things regarding a bunch of different teams, um, playoff teams, this week. Yeah, before we move on, I just wanted to ask you a quick question about the Rams. So, 
Um, how possible is it for you to just kind of eliminate an entire team's passing game? Because like what I noticed was, you know, as soon as Cooper Cup got injured. Yeah, that's that's a great point actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cooper Cup is a lot more dynamic than any of the others Rams slot was wide receivers, right? We have Josh Reynolds and Josh Reynolds is an interesting kind of threat. He's been doing kinda of well under Jared Goff, but I believe Cooper Cup's injury is a major uh heel for the Rams offense right now. And of course injuries are gonna hurt a lot. And we saw Todd Gurley get hurt actually mm-hmm. um the other night, um against the Eagles, and that would be even a bigger concern because their backup, primary backup Malcolm Brown's on the IR, so mm-hmm. they would be really strapped. And I think that's another concern for the Rams right now. It's the lack of depth right now. Right, yeah. I mean, Todd Gurley, uh, minus the last game where he got two touchdowns and rushed for 48 yards, he hasn't really been showing up much in yeah. like, their offense lately. I mean, definitely compared to the beginning of the season when he was getting two, three touchdowns consistently every game, rushing for over... You know, 50 yards. Looking like a prime MVP candidate, actually, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. So, yeah, um, Colts and the Cowboys. Yeah, that was an interesting one because uh, we've seen the recently surging Cowboys. They beat the Saints, right? They beat probably some of the best teams in the NFL, and then they get shut out in Indianapolis to Andrew Luck and the Colts. So, thoughts on that? What do you think about Andrew Luck so far, actually? Well, I'm really happy that he's playing the way he is. I mean, um, first of all, it's not easy to come back from a broken shoulder, right? Yeah. I mean, especially his throwing shoulder, right? And there was a lot of concern at the beginning of the season for like whether he can throw as far as he could because um, I remember during one game, they substituted him for um, the backup, backup quarterback, yeah. right? To, to throw a Hail Mary, basically. So, um, there, there's definitely a lot of concern about his ability to throw the ball, but I think after last game, we can put all those concerns to rest because Andrew Luck has proven himself to be a very capable quarterback of, and also uh, potentially driving the the Colts into a deep playoff run because um, their entire offense looks great. Their run game looks great with Marlon Mack. Yeah. Um, T.Y. Hilton made some really key catches. Eric Ebron making good plays. Man, what a story he's been, yeah. Yeah, so, and um, on the uh, uh, Cowboys side, even, uh, Ezekiel Elliott had a great game yesterday. He was, uh, he, I forget his stats, but um, definitely there, it was the, uh, it definitely wasn't as close as I thought it would be for sure. Yeah, it's weird because, you know, we know that Ezekiel Elliott is a beast, and I think his reemergence in the Cowboys offense has really kind of bolstered the offense enough to win games. And then the addition of Amari Cooper, a primary number one wide receiver, Ever since Dez left, they were kind of looking for that um, number one kind of guy. And Amari Cooper is shown to have that kind of potential. He's certainly had like a couple of 200-yard games, I believe. Like one against the Redskins on Thanksgiving and I think one last week against the Eagles. He's been a stud so far. And we've seen that's kind of led to the Cowboys' reemergence. It's mainly been on the offensive side. But then we see them get completely shut out. And uh, now we have to... worry again about the offense and I think really some a major area of concern right now if I was Jason Garrett or if I was a Cowboys fan is that we've seen an alarming amount of sacks basically on Dak Prescott recently no quarterback I believe other than Deshaun Watson has been sacked more so both Texas quarterbacks right now but Dak Prescott has really been hammered lately and the key to the last Cowboys playoff run was a very strong offensive line mostly by Travis Frederick and Zach Martin, the two first-round kind of uh, interior linemen. 
But, you know, Travis Frederick has been out with um, a very serious kind of disease, a very rare kind of disease for the entire season almost. And Zach Martin was actually out yesterday. And that's probably why some the Colts are able to probably get some pressure on uh, Dak and probably stall that Cowboys offense. So I would be really be concerned if, um, if I was Jason Garrett or if I was the Cowboys fans about letting that offensive line, how far is my offensive line going to take me? You're only as strong as your weakest slick. And if you're going up against a very prime pass rush, let's say the Rams with Aaron Donald, they're going to be feasting on that line. I would be really concerned if I was a Cowboys fan about that. But we'll see how they turn around. Really. For sure. <laughs> so do you think Indianapolis actually has a chance to take a deep run? I don't believe they're going to get into the playoff. They're probably not going to win the AFC South with the Texans surging so far ahead. Mm-hmm. But they, what do you think about their chances as a wild card? I think as the chances of wild card, it's definitely close to the top. Um, the the reason why I say that is because uh, it has to do with Andrew Luck, basically. And early in the season, we sort of threw, we sort of saw him like you know, kind of still working his way through the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, he was still kind of like you know, getting the ropes back. But definitely recently, like after their what like five game win streak, yeah, um, they had something like a five game win streak. Um, they've been they just showed themselves as a really like well all rounded team. And I can't really like pinpoint like a certain weakness that they have right because like um all the other wildcard teams was like the baltimore ravens yeah or, you know they all have like some kind of a weakness and i just don't think indianapolis really has that and the deep playoff run they might not have like a really deep playoff run but they'll definitely be competitive is yeah. what i can say for sure I because think... the, the colts that we're seeing now is definitely not the Colts that we saw at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think they're making a lot of noise. Um, and Frank Reich, I think, is a huge part of that. He was the offensive coordinator for Philadelphia, as we remember, from last year. Right. And uh, ever since the Josh McDaniel scandal that happened, he was hired as the Indianapolis's, uh, I guess, second-choice head coach. But it seems like the Colts have been doing well in his presence. Um, unfortunately, Josh McDaniels can't say the same this year with the Patriots. But... <laughs> Basically, um, let's talk about another AFC East, um, West team. Specifically, let's talk about that Chargers-Chiefs game on Thursday night. That was a crazy one, I think. That was that really was, crazy. Yeah, it was phenomenal, actually. Yeah, um, I believe that the Chargers won by one because they went for two um, yeah. to end the game with four seconds left. And a Mike Williams pass in the end zone just kind of did it twice, actually. He yeah. got the first touchdown, and then he got the two-point conversion as well. You got to cover that guy, by the way. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't. But, you know, a big Chargers win in Kansas City. They haven't won against Kansas City in a very long time, just like the Niners against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Big day for the upset, right, for division rivals. Um, first, let's talk about the Chiefs. Should the Chiefs be concerned at all? Yeah, so uh, should they be concerned? Their defense is probably what I'd be concerned about because absolutely the defense. Well, I, well, you can you saw the defense in the first half. Yeah, right. And defense in the first half, they were getting uh, Philip Rivers, you know, left, right, and center. Yeah, absolutely. They, he, they got. They, I think they got two interceptions yeah. against them. Uh, major turnovers, and they were scoring on those turnovers. So the defense and offense both working in tandem there. But in the second half. Um, I don't know if it was Philip Rivers pulling through as a great quarterback or yeah. was it the Chiefs defense kind of, you know, tiring out, but something happened there. It was that was like like a major turning point for the Chiefs team in general. I think they're a really momentum based team. I they absolutely, they yeah. absolutely build on like you know momentum, whether it's the offense making a huge play or the defense making a huge play. But something in the second half just really 
grinded their offense and defense both to a halt. Yeah. And the Chargers, I mean, uh, their offensive strength was severely compromised that game. Uh, no Keenan Allen. No Melvin no Gordon. No Melvin either. Gordon. No Austin Eckler either. No Austin Eckler either. So they were pretty much running on like second string guys. Yeah. And uh, the fact that they pulled that off and calling the, the two-point play was, I think, definitely the right call because I w- if I was Anthony Lynn, I would do everything in my power to make sure that Patrick Mahomes doesn't come on the field again. Absolutely. What do you think about that? Well, I, I guess I kind of got your word for it, though. But I, and I'm just going to put this down, it was probably the ballsiest play call I've ever seen out of a coach this season. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. You go, if, think about it. You lose this game, right? You lost the West. They would clinch. Right. The Chiefs would get a bye now, and you'd have to just basically fight for a wild card spot. Um, and you're only like you only have four losses, right? And it's crazy to think about. You're gonna be twelve and four maybe, and you're gonna be the fifth seed, and that still could happen actually because they actually haven't gotten the tiebreaker over the Chiefs yet, even though they won today. Mm-hmm. They would have to have a Chiefs loss against Seattle, and then they have to win out for them to get the first overall seed. But basically, think about it. You're Anthony Lynn. You do not want Patrick Mahomes to go out there again because you've seen how dynamic that Chiefs offense is and you're going to go out there and you're going to trust in your own guys and you're going to say, you know what? I don't have Keenan Allen. I don't have Melvin Gordon, but I have Mike Williams. I have Mike Williams. He's my number one pick a couple years ago. I'm just going to go to him. I got Phillip Rivers. He's an MVP kind of guy. Low key, I guess. (laughs) He's a dark horse kind of guy, but I'm going to trust my guys. I'm going to win this game. Balls just play. And he might have just won the West with that play. Um, should the Chiefs be concerned? I would say yes. I w- I've been bullish on the Chiefs the entire time. Even at the start of the season, I didn't know how good Patrick Mahomes was going to be. Honestly, in my opinion, I thought he was going to be kind of a Kaepernick kind of guy where he just runs a lot and he kind of just can't read an offense. But he is um, can't read the defense. He can't. He has shown to be more than that. He's Definitely. shown to be like dynamic. He's shown to be elusive. He kind of reminds me of this like Russell Wilson kind of Fran Tarkenden, Brett Favre kind of guy. Yeah, he's a gunslinger, man. He has like the arm. He can make so many amazing plays. You've seen that no look pass that he yeah. had like last week. That was insane. That was insane. Yeah, and he's done a lot of crazy things like that. He threw left handed. He can do. He can twist his body and throw like random kind of yards like. He, and he made this play against the Chargers. He just he was about to get sacked and yeah, he looped it, around and then he threw it to this uh, with the defender hanging on to him. Yeah, and it's crazy yeah. what he can do. Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal. He actually has my vote as an MVP candidate this yeah. um, year. But the thing is, that Chiefs offense, that Chiefs team is sputtering. We've seen the entire defense this entire season. That defense has been sputtering. They are one of the worst teams against the run. They are one of the worst teams against the Pats. Typically, you don't want to have both to be the worst, but it's true. And they just got Eric Berry back, so maybe that will help. But the thing is, they had a great, they have a great pass rush too. They've got Chris Jones and they got D Ford um, on that line, and they were pressuring Rivers all day there. Um, but basically. You can't survive if you don't have a good defense. Defense wins championships, and if you can't do that, um, if you can't stop the other guys, you can't stop the Bradys, who you lost to because you got into a shootout with Brady. You can't right. do that. You can't beat Rivers if you can't ever stop him. 
you can't beat, you know, let's say if you actually make it to the Super Bowl, let's say you, can, you can't beat Joe, um, Jared Goff, you can't beat Drew Brees, can you stop Todd Gurley and make the Rams for, force the throw? I don't know if you can, if you have one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. And it's not just this week, it's not just last week, it's been consistently 15 weeks straight. And basically, you're only going to go as far as your defense is going to carry you. Right. But let's talk about the offense as well. You just lost Kareem Hunt, right? Mm-hmm. To a very uh, unfortunate circumstances. Well, let's face it, he committed a crime. Right. So, um, there's no that, getting around yeah, that. Yeah, there's no getting around that. Chiefs had to cut him. Yeah. But And Dan Williams did show great things last uh, this Thursday, right? He had a great game. Yeah, for sure. But you don't... He's not Kareem Hunt. If he was Kareem Hunt, he would have beaten out Kareem Hunt for the starting job. You don't know if he's going to be as dynamic as he is. Yeah. And now, you know, you saw Tyreek Hill. He didn't have that great of a game either. Mm-hmm. So what if you just stop Tyreek? Uh, who are you going to throw to? Kelvin Benjamin? I don't know. Like, uh, I, I can hardly name any of the Chiefs wide receivers at the moment. And again, maybe Dan Williams can show something. But it's going to fall mainly on Mahomes and how far Mahomes is going to carry them. Maybe Andy Reid as well with his play calling. But we've all seen Andy Reid's kind of management in the playoffs it hasn't been very good he hasn't had a very good record yeah exactly um yeah Tyreek Hill um he's definitely been a little bit more hit and miss than I would have expected him to be I at least frankly like you know um I expected him to be a little bit more of a consistent target for Patrick Mahomes to throw to uh, him and uh, both the tr- uh, Kelsey yeah tight oh, end. yeah of course I forgot about Kelsey yeah um but yeah I mean he, I, I think uh he let's see what he got this uh this game he got uh yeah four receptions 46 yards so not exactly what you'd expect from like you know one of your top wide receivers yeah um but yeah their their offenses mainly what i've seen is they depend on the individual talent of patrick mahomes ability to extend the play to basically get themselves out of trouble and this works when you have patrick mahomes yeah but patrick mahomes isn't like you know he's not invincible right he's inevitably gonna have like a bad game yeah or he's inevitably gonna like you know something's gonna you know, trigger the defense to finally read his, you know, insane playmaking ability. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, if the Chiefs are just relying on Patrick Mahomes to extend a play in their offense, then I would say that's a very sustainable strategy for the Chiefs' offense as a whole. Yeah, and we remember, Patrick Mahomes is a gunslinger. We don't know. He's unpredictable. Sometimes that's for the good. Sometimes that's for the bad. He can make these dynamic no-look passes, but he can also make some boneheaded decisions. Like he did against the Rams. He had a couple of interceptions that he really shouldn't have had. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to have to rely on that arm, and basically when he steps on the field in the divisional round or the wild card round or wherever he's going to start in the playoffs, that's going to be his first playoff start. Who knows what's going to happen? That could hurt his psyche. Yeah. There's a lot of different performances in the regular season and the postseason. The greats shine in the postseason as well. And you're going to have to see how Patrick Mahomes does. All right. And now let's stop talking about the Chiefs and let's start talking about the actual surging team at the moment, the San Diego Superchargers. I just said San Diego, didn't I? (laughs) I really love... I I don't know why they moved um, the Chargers to LA. That's another topic. (laughs) Yeah, that's just... I don't know. And you know every reporter has said San Diego, basically, at least once. I bet every reporter has said that once. Yep. Um, but let's talk about the Chargers. Their Super Bowl hopes, it looks a lot brighter now yeah, than it used to definitely. because, you know, you've got over the Chiefs hump and now you have the rest of the AFC 
maybe looking down uh, up to you because you might be the first seed. So what do you think about the Chargers Super Bowl hopes? Well, first of all, about San Diego Chargers. <laughs> you did it yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah i having like you know, grown up in san diego for like around two years like i was really i was a big fan of like their you know dynamic offense with you know the days of ladain tomlinson vincent jackson oh man philip yeah. rivers throwing yeah to oh antonio gates back then too he's still a baller he's by the still way still here yeah he's still here i can't believe that yeah so i mean i've always wanted to see you know my number 17 you know get a super bowl ring and frankly like you know it's been what since 2009 they made it to the playoffs last right i don't think they've had no no i think they've made the playoffs like i think they lost to the broncos like 20 i'd say 2015 2016 i'm not sure yeah but yeah i don't think they they had 11 wins though yeah they haven't had a kind of successful season like this in quite a while quite a while and i i particularly remember that 2009 playoffs game against the jets was because um yeah, I just remember Philip Rivers, you know, doing everything he could, and he still couldn't get past, you know, the Jets off just the Jets team. So he definitely deserves a ring for sure for his playmaking ability. But it all depends, you know. He's got to see whether whether or not um, it pans out for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Chargers actually have a very good chance, mainly because they have a very complete kind of team. You know, we've seen their kind of defense. They're just getting hitting their stride, I think, on defense. They've got Melvin Ingram. They got Joey Bosa finally back from his injury. Yeah. And they kind of have, like, this um, phenomenal kind of defense that was able to stop Patrick Mahomes, basically. Not exactly stop, but contain him, at contain least. Him. Um, enough so that Phillip Rivers and the Chargers could overcome a couple of deficits. They overcame two 14-point deficits. And let's say this is without Keenan Allen again without Melvin Gordon, without Austin Eckler, basically relying on uh, the Williams, basically, mm-hmm. Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams, and even uh, Travis Benjamin, I believe. Um, you know, it's pretty phenomenal um, and dynamic and great, really, how Philip Rivers has been able to perform. But now let's say you get Keenan Allen back, and now your passing offense is great, and now you get Melvin Gordon back, and you get that run defense, um, run game going again. So now you have a completely balanced offense and a great defense, and there's no telling what um, the Chargers can achieve. But basically, I think um, it's been a while since we've seen not a number one seed make it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So getting to the number one seed is a must, basically, for the Chargers right now. Definitely. Because right now, the Patriots are being, I guess, for lack of a better word, deflated at the moment. Okay. And the Steelers haven't been looking so hot. They might have the best chance right now of just taking advantage of a very, like, momentum-killed AFC. That's right. The Patriots lost yesterday. Yeah. And they beat some good teams now. Chiefs and the Steelers. We don't know. We didn't know if they were for real. But now, you know, they've come back twice now against the Steelers and the Chiefs. The Chargers are looking really good right now. They they really are. Yeah. And so finally, let's talk about this upcoming game. Monday Night Football. Who's up for that? Panthers versus Saints. This used to be a clash of some two very dynamic teams. But recently, the Panthers have been struggling lately. Mm -hmm. The Saints have been really honestly one of the best teams in the league Mm -hmm. so what are you looking to see actually from that Uh, i'm definitely going to be watching uh saints particularly uh, you know drew b's ability to uh keep passing the ball the way he has making sure you know he gets the ball to a camara and you know how he how he turns out uh i think for the panthers their key is going to be containing drew Brees' offense yeah i think that's definitely going to be the biggest concern what do you think um you know i think that the Panthers have been struggling, as I've said before, and they're now on the outside looking in for a playoff spot. 
Um, they're not going to catch the Saints in the AFC, NFC South. But I believe that if Drew Brees, um, if Cam Newton can get it back together, they have to rely on their strengths, get it to Christian McCaffrey. They have to get their defense going against Drew Brees. Remember, Drew Brees doesn't play as well as he does in the Dome. They're going to be in Carolina, and uh, it's an outside stadium, so maybe take advantage of that. you got to cover Michael Thomas. He's their best receiving threat. Cover Kamara, cover Ingram, even cover Taysom Hill, who's, I don't know what he is, but he is there. And basically, if they can do that, maybe you can get that momentum going back again. They've been on a losing streak for quite a while now, but let's say the Panthers can beat the Saints, the number one team in the NFL. Maybe they feel a little bit more confident. Maybe they can move forward um, and hit their stride. Maybe they can make a late postseason push. Yeah, I'm sure your fantasy team would be great if uh, Drew Brees pulls through tomorrow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Michael Thomas, too, actually. And Michael Thomas, yeah. I love Michael Thomas. So uh, that's it for Sports Council. Um, I'm Matthew. I'm sorry. And this has been your Week 15 Roundup in the uh, NFL. Glad to have you with us, and uh, stay tuned for more. Happy holidays. <laughs> yep.